This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP Smart Side products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. Smart Side trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP Smart Side products. Plus, visit menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Hello everyone, welcome to Take the Black Lab, a show where myself, Dan Selke, and Cheryl Watson are both of WindowsComing.net. Talk to you about all the latest Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, sci-fi, fantasy, genre news hopping about in the world today. Cheryl, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I'm still getting used to this new studio. We're in our new studio in the new yes. fan-sided offices, all Targaryen black, uh, and just seeming very, um, we're very private. We can yell as loud as we want. No one will bother us. <laughs> I'm loving it. I, I mean... More accurately, like, we're not going to bother anyone else when we have very strong opinions about That's things. That's very true, yes. Because I don't know if you know, Dan, but we have opinions. And we will have them today. So I thought that, that because we... Um, is anybody uh, saying hello? Oh, yes. Uh, hi, Julie. Hi, hi, Julie. Hi, Tara. Hi, Christian. Hi, everyone else that's here. We're happy to see you, digitally speaking. That's right. So I thought that b- b- because we had a break when we were moving from the old office to the to this new one, we just didn't have a show that week. I thought, and some big stuff happened that week. Actually, it's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it it always does. Yeah. The 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 new cycle for 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 fantasy stuff that no one cares about is very very is never ending. Um, I want to talk today about like okay, so when, when we were gone, we didn't have our show. Um, a bunch of set photos, you know, those always happen. Broke from uh, the set of Blood Moon, the Game of Thrones prequel show. And they were pretty big. Like They were pretty like, okay, that's Naomi Watts in full costume. Okay, that's like them filming a scene on the lake, on the ocean, rather. I thought we could just go over, we could see what we missed. And now that the, 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 the filming is over, they have finished filming the Game of Thrones prequel pilot. It's a wrap. Took like a month. Yeah, it's plenty of time. Um, still not sure if it's uh, going to be a go. I still don't buy the things about why they didn't order to series, but... I seem to be the only one, so I guess it's just me. Um, Don't worry, Dan. You'll be able to vent your frustrations about other things that HBO has ordered to series later in the show. I'm not sure we're on the same page about that. Oh, but, um, goodness. But we'll see. Well, I will be able to vent about things. that. <laughs> anyway. Are anyway, Blood Moon. Let's talk Blood Moon. Yeah, anyway. Uh, they they finished the pilot, and there are some good behind-the-scenes stuff that we just missed and I want to talk about, including this scene of people out on the ocean off the coast of Gaeta, Gaeta, Italy. I don't know. Um, being in a boat, in medieval costume, looking pretty good. Um, I guess we can't really tar anything from this too much, but... Boats are featured. Oceans are featured. You know, they're they're, they're, going to go for um, a level of verisimilitude um, and expense. It will be nice. I mean, it it kind of has a very kind of like long shippy kind of shape. I mean, without the sails or anything like that. But 
I I do like that it seems like a much earlier form of of boat or ship. I didn't actually think about that. So, so you think that that's like the kind of thing that would that would be earlier, like a well, like yeah. long ass rowboat or something. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you look at the ships that are in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. they're pretty large and complex vessels, right? And this is a lot smaller. Doesn't really have a deck. Like yeah, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, it's it's more. Yeah, I guess like I figured that was like a tiny boat going to a bigger boat or something. Well, that could but be. We don't know. That could be. Mm-hmm. But the the decor on the sides in particular has a very and there's definitely decor like a little twirly gig at the end. Yeah, the mast. Whatever yeah. that would be, where the mast was. That's not the mast. <laughs> That's not how that works, Dan. Most intrig- yeah, aft. Um, most intri- <laughs> most intriguingly though, this sigil, the flag on uh, the one end of it, and she blows. Um, there you go, Dan. Yeah. So that sigil is kind of so. This is not one that we're familiar with. Apparently, they still have sigils thousands of years ago. At least the more powerful families might. Sure. Um, it kind of looks like like a. What do they looks like? I think that looks like a different, like a lion, but not the Lannister lion, clearly. Yeah. I think it's like a sleeker kind of a, uh, maybe it's a puma. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have pumas in Westeros? They, they have lions. Why the hell not? Uh, I mean, sure. Um, yeah, it, it looks to me like it's some kind of cross between like the, because it's just the head. So it kind of reminds me mm. of the Stark head it Wolf's does a little head bit. in shape, but it's it's very clearly got like a shorter snout. Right. So yeah, I would go with maybe like a lioness. Yeah. I think. It kind of looks like a Thundercats thing. I remember there was this show back when I was a kid that was like a Thundercat. No, and- no, no, no. I I too have seen Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Even if no one in our audience understands the reference, which if you don't, please look up Thundercats. You will not regret the experience. Um yeah. Like, yeah, it does. It does yeah, look a like bit. a – yeah. I'm guessing. I'm guessing because just kind of the stuff that we've seen so far, I'm guessing that is a house casterly sigil. Yeah. That right. seems that It's seems kind of right. lion-ish. The yeah. The take it over. They get a bigger lion. I, 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 I feel like that's where we're going. Yeah. I. That makes sense, especially since casterly rock is kind of – Oh, Gaeta is absolutely casterly rock because it's like a big crack in the rock and there's the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, we still don't know a lot about the show, but I feel like that's – they're clearly leading us to that. Land the Clever takes over the Castle Rock from the Castleys. We are definitely getting that story. I will bet $100,000 on it. Okay, but you're not putting that $100,000 on Naomi Watts being Land the Clever just yet, right? No, although, you know, at Kind of Thrones, that theory was suggested by someone who wasn't me. So, like, that thing has, is, is not just, like, our pet theory. People are thinking that. I'm so proud. You're a trendsetter. Oh, I don't know if they got it from me. I'm just saying that. uh, (laughs) Bask in the compliment. Bask in the compliment. Speaking of Watts, we also got a photo of her in full costume. Okay. Just (sighs) go off. uh, So obviously this isn't like a shot from the show. It's her like walking to stage. She's wearing sandals. I don't know if those are like her set shoes or just like the thing she wears for she puts on, but whatever she's going to wear for the scene. But um, what do you think of this? Age of Heroes outfit. That is certainly a costume, that isn't is, it? <laughs> it's it, so shiny. It looks more costumey than the kind of thing you see in Game of Thrones usually, right? Well, yeah. But, I mean, oh, Julie's never heard of a Thundercat. 
I'm serious, Julie. Look up Thundercats. You're Australia. not going to regret it. Um, yeah, it like, ooh. I mean, it it could just be the light, but yeah, it looks very. That color just is not doing anything for and me. Like head to toe gold. Like yeah. it's it just seems. Uh, it, it it again it, it seems very costumey to me, like kind yeah. of Halloween costumey. Now it might look incredibly different on film. That's sure. that's very true. Sure. We have no idea what it looks like. Oh, but I, it almost looks space agey. Yeah, like, like it's shimmery and shiny. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that one. Yet. I mean, obviously, I, I'm thinking. I, I don't think Michelle Cotton came over or anything. I assume they have a new costume designer. Yeah. And they will put their own stamp on this show. Sure. They want. I mean. How do they dress in ancient times? I don't know. Um, like oh, that. Julie wants to know, do we have any idea when Blood Moon is going to air? Nope. Not a clue. <laughs> um, the I the would, long answer. Long answer is they just finished filming the pilot. But that doesn't mean they won't have to go back and refilm the pilot. That's true. That um, can happen. Because that can happen. And also we uh, – HBO has kind of a full schedule. <laughs> Man, they do these days, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They just picked up uh, Cersei. Did you hear about this? Yes, they did. Kind of Greek mythology um, reimagining thing. I'm super excited. It was, yeah, uh, I've read those books for great. I didn't, did you read them? I don't think I've read it, um, but I've heard good things about it. So I'm Although, excited. I'll be honest, I'm not sure because it's HBO Max that picked it up. I don't know if that's HBO or if they're separate. I mean, it's probably the same thing. Like, it's it's... It's going to be on HBO Max, which means mm-hmm. it's going to be like a streaming exclusive, probably. But Cersei, a childly thing, not Cersei the show, or Cersei Lannister show. No, although I'd watch that too. Uh, Nicole says she heard twenty twenty for Blood Moon, which is entirely possible. It would have to be late twenty twenty. <laughs> hear that? Uh, she, she doesn't say. She just said I heard twenty twenty. Okay. Uh, it would have to probably be late 2020. I mean, remember, like, if they pick it up, they got to go, like, shoot the other episode for right. the first season. And there, even if it's still ways to go. Even if it's, like, a 10-episode season, we, we've seen how long that can take. Yeah, so. I have no idea if they've written them already or what. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It, it's up in the air. Mm. But, you know, they have some ideas. And I am curious, especially with that outfit, to see where it goes. Uh, Casey Blaze also just said, just as a note, that there are still one or two other prequel scripts floating around. I know. But we're going to see what happens with this one, which is the right call. For sure. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And will the backlash of the final season get uh, shape the prequel? Not at all. Which also makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's probably wise. Uh, Diane wants to know if we if we have any idea when we're going to hear, if they're going to go ahead with Blood Moon. Also, no. <laughs> Not a clue. I mean, <laughs> we'll hear when HBO is good and ready. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I suspect that we would hear pretty soon, like after they, like we will probably either hear if there are reshoots, extensive reshoots, I should mm-hmm. say. I would say. Which they were on the Game of Thrones pilot. Yes. Uh, I would say pretty soon, like not. There's this like time period in like August and September where mm-hmm. not much is going to be going on with HBO, so maybe we'll hear something. We might even hear as late as like the Winter Television Critics Association. Like it's Ooh, really yeah. up in the air. Um. Oh, Nicole is like I would assume the end of 2020. I can't remember specifically where I read it at this point. That's okay, Nicole. I have the same problem. Yeah, I run anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, towards the end of 2020, maybe early 2021, if it gets picked up in a yeah. timely fashion. And right there between now and then, HBO has tons of coming out. They got around the corner, who's got materials and Watchmen. 
beyond that, uh, they just picked up um, the Cersei show. They have, as we'll talk about later, the Nevers. They have Demimon. They have a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Lovecraft Country. Oh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the only one of those I'm, ex- I'm super excited for. I'm pretty excited for his materials. I think they can do a good job with that. Well, yeah. I'm ex- I mean, of the shows that we kind of don't know when mm-hmm. are airing just yet. Like yeah. Love- Lovecraft Country is up there for me. And also, everyone else is coming to keep up, including uh, AMC, who showed off a preview of their second spinoff to The Walking Dead. And, you know, this fascinates me because, like, okay, let's just watch this little teaser for the second Walking Dead spinoff, and then I can rip it a little bit. Okay, let's go. What if you grew up in a world of safety? And you decided to leave. To discover the truth of who you are and what the world really is. You know, growing up. There have been things going on in the Walking Dead universe since the very start of the story. All happening over all these years. In other places we haven't seen. With people we haven't seen. With the dead we haven't seen. But we'll see it all this spring. A new world of the Walking Dead. Okay. So basically, AMC making a third Walking Dead show. It's going to be about kids, teenagers. Got to get that youth market. Got to get it. Which I get. <laughs> well, you do. Um, okay. What fascinates me about The Walking Dead is this. Okay. Um, like, all the indicators are that this series is kind of declining in popularity. That not, that, that, not, that not as many people watch it. Um, that's basically it. I'm trying to watch as used to. Like, yeah. ratings have gone way down. But they keep expanding it. They keep making new shows. They keep trying. And as the original show was kind of, you know, it, it, it's bleeding cast members. It's losing people. Like uh, like the main cast members. I think Andrew Lincoln left. And I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Did, who, who Denai Guerrera. Yes, yes. Left to play Michonne. Um, they're all leaving. The show is kind of, it, it's still going on. But it, it's, it, it, it's like a house that's falling in on itself. And you're like, let's build an addition. Yeah. I just I just don't get totally it. Totally fine. It just must be even in its reduced state profitable enough to warrant this or else it's just a really bad decision making. One of those two. I mean, why not both? Um before before I start my very truncated Walking Dead screed, uh Kyle mm. says I love the idea of Naomi's character being Garth the Greenhand's daughter Floris the Fox with a connection to Land the Clever. She was said to right. be the cleverest of his three daughters. Diane adds and she has three families with three husbands that are unaware of each other and then Kyle is like that could be the dark secret she she is hiding referring to Naomi Watson. That actually right. makes I've heard that one. That is a little more consistent with like if we're not going to go with Jennifer Stuff Lab on the Clan the Clever. Yeah, that is a character that could go with a socialite with a dark secret. Yeah, because she she also has a, a history in Georgia Martin stuff. Yeah, I can see that too, and that'll that'll be pretty fine. She's Land the Clever's mother, is it? I don't know off the top of my head. Neither do I. I'm sorry. You 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 guys probably do. <laughs> you guys probably do, but I can't look it up on this. But yeah, I have heard that as Flores the Fox, which I would also be cool with. Yeah, two. Answer Nicole's question, am I the only one who cares about zombies? Who who doesn't care about zombies? No. I'm so... Okay. Like, I actually watched The Walking Dead for the first, like... The whole thing? No. No. I quit in, like, like four seasons or so in. That's about where I quit, too. 
And um, because I remember Rick burying a gun at the farm at the jail. And I said, "What? stop. This needs to stop. Everything about this needs to stop. Um, and then I watched the episode where uh, Negan kills Glenn. Um, right. Because my mom was still into the show at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm really glad I quit. So <laughs> to bring it back to the thing that we just watched. Yes. I... Like, it just seems so unnecessary. Like, especially because with Fear of the Walking Dead's track record, where it took a couple seasons to even find its feet, mm-hmm. I don't understand why there needs to be another Walking Dead show so that it can basically be Walking Dead year-round at this point. I think, in answer to Nicole's question, I think you're not the only one who care about zombies. Yeah. I think we're trying to figure out how there's a lot of people who don't care, but they're still kind of making... Someone in that trailer even says parts of the Walking Dead universe. universe. That terrifies me. Yeah, that gave me some <laughs> some palpitations. You know, I, I, I will I will say this for HBO. I know they get some flack sometimes, but no one has mentioned a Thrones universe yet. No, like, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I really do like that they are taking this one step at a time. Yeah, and that because I mean I said this before. You do you if AMC had Game of Thrones. Those five prequel scripts, there would be two on the air already and another coming. Yeah. <laughs> I have I, no doubt. This, oh, okay. Diane confirmed that, yes, he's illegitimate. Of course. Um, and uh, Floors the Fox is his mother, but he's illegitimate. Cool. Uh, was I f- – oh, was I forced to watch the episode of The Walking Dead? Uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, for, for fan side, they wanted us to. And I watched, like, all the way through after Negan killed um, – Glenn. Glenn. And I'm mean, like, it was okay, but it, it didn't hold my interest for... Okay. The first season, before I it got extended, mm-hmm. like, extended seasons, the first season of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. is some really tight cinematic... Like, it's really good. It's really good. And then <laughs> things <laughs> happen. So, like, I can... Especially because, like, Better Call Saul really hasn't... Oh broken into the mainstream quite as much Mm -hmm. as Breaking Bad did in its later years. I can see why they're going back to The Walking Dead as this, like, long, like, long-lived property that can still get some interest because it's going for a genre that doesn't always get the best representation on television and horror. Sure. Because American Horror Story is not horror anymore. (laughs) Um, If it barely ever was. It was scary in the first season. Okay. Um and so like I think I think there's some merit in continuing to do this, but the fact that it's all coming at once mm-hmm. is kind of oversaturating the market, I think. And also children just kind of seem exploitative, but that's just me. A little. I mean Game of Thrones is succeeded with it. Made yeah. stars out of Maisie Williams and uh, Sophie Turner and folk. I mean, but they weren't like the focus. It's true. <laughs> I, I I I titled it "Raise the um, Raise the Walking Dead." I don't <laughs> think it's like a title to go with it. Fear the Walking Dead, Raise the Walking Dead, because they're kids. But we'll see. Um, I don't like it. I hope it goes away. It seems exploitative and weird and too much. But yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Speaking of weird and too much, okay. let us now talk about the Nevers. Okay, so. I want to talk about this because it's on the HBO show. Yes. You know, HBO is readying this big, this really, like, huge lineup of fantasy and sci-fi shows. 
This is one of them. And this is one of them that we actually hadn't heard about in a while. Like, yes. it was announced, like, Joss Whedon, the guy behind Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, the first two Avengers movies, pretty, pretty long list of uh, accomplishments, is making a new HBO show called The Nevers. And he is making it, by the way. He is writing, directing, executive producing, show running. Like, he's in on this. I know. In the way he has not been on the show for a very long time. I know. He kind of, like, disappeared after Age of Ultron for a while. He, like, burned out hard. Um, but he's back. And it is about, I think he wrote them this, an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. Which, yes, does basically sound... Go ahead. That's like mainline Joss. I just want to say that I didn't write that. That was the description that was given in the stories about the cast announcement. That's the... That's that's not me. That's... That is what HBO has put into the world about this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds a lot like give serious puppy vibes. Yeah, you know, women struggling against a but period. But like he's right down here. Yeah. Um, I don't find anything inherently objectionable about the idea. I guess I wonder now that he's been away from TV for a while. Mm -hmm. He went through a little um, cheating scandal, got kind of me wound for a minute. Um, and now he is back with TV. Are we ready to – because I love Just Weekend's really work. I grew up on Buffy. I grew up on Angel Firefly. Take your leave. Um, I love that stuff. So I am intrigued by him making a mark again. But I'm guessing that you are not a uh, – you're not on Joss Whedon's hype train. What is it about the idea of Victorian fantasy superhero thing that uh, – It's not that I don't – I'm not on the Joss Whedon hype train because I think that TV storytelling has kind of left him behind in I a lot of ways. Because, like, don't get me wrong, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel had a pretty decent influence, especially in genre television, for what kinds of stories could be told, who could be the leads of those stories, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But then you get to something like uh, Age of age of ultron mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's still joss whedon's signature with the snappy dialogue and all that but it also yeah. comes some, with some really dumb decisions i will die mad about bruce and natasha i'm going to die mad about it i just think part of the reason he burned out with and this again i read this back in the day was that he he i mean like he could have been the guy direct like you know civil war and infinity war but he didn't want to do it after age of ultron because it was like, he didn't like having to bow to the studio pressure of change this plot line, do this, do that, do that. So that is the reason he left that. I, I think it's hard to, un I'm sure there's great dissertation sometime. Oh, know, yeah. What happened and how much of that is, you know, influence. The Russos managed to navigate whatever that was really effectively, obviously, and have, like, made a career out of it. Mm -hmm. But Whedon didn't, and now he's coming back to TV. Um, I mean, it does sound a bit like, you know... Stuff he's done. Right. You know, the thing with Joss Whedon is like, like you said, like the snappy dialogue, like all the characters kind of tend to talk in the same sort of way where they sort of kind of blend a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm cautiously excited. I mean, again, I, I, I've been a fan of his work mm -hmm. from kind of when I was when I was a, when I was a little kid and kind of yeah. got super into Buffy back in the day. Um, I'd be curious to see what he could do. With, you know, kind of carte blanche, knowing that he does have his, 
hangups and his habits right. and his patterns. Yeah. Um, and they ordered this series, but they didn't order Blood Moon to series. Just saying. Yeah, that was a choice that was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the announcement of this cast, which is very large. Um, it's a big cast, like 12 people. Yeah, um, including Eleanor Tomlinson of Poldark, which is great. She needs to get more work. She's a great actress. Big, I love her so much. I'm a big fan of uh, Olivia Williams from yeah. Dollhouse. She was, she was really, really talented on that. Mm-hmm. I was one of like eight people who watched that back in the day. <laughs> that was Joss Whedon's other show. It's true. Um yeah, a lot of different characters, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, what character descriptions? Like, I've burned these character descriptions from my memory. He definitely wrote these. He definitely wrote these guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I do remember the pansexual posh boy whose charm is like five years five from years its, left from on its, its lease. lease. And it's yeah, like, like the, <laughs> these weren't written by a um, a a. Like kind of PR drone. These were definitely no. Joss Whedon having a hand in this. Yes. Hugo Swan, a pansexual posh boy whose charm has about five years left on its lease. Uh, yeah, that's a little that's a little Joss Whedon turn of phrase there. But I mean, it's not bad. So there's a little wordplay and a little bit of like twisty back and forth. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I, I, I'm not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with that. I'm more just saying. We're we're at like critical mass of Joss Whedon, and these are just the character descriptions. I don't know how this is going to, especially with a with a period setting like this. Right, I'm a little. Concerned. <laughs> they're not going to talk like Victorian people. No, they're, they're not. not. They're not. I mean, they're not going to use pop culture references, but they are going to talk in a snappy, quick way. Yeah, but you're like. I, I, I feel like Joss Whedon has gone through kind of a critical reevaluation over the past, like, five years. I think, like, people were high on him for a while. Yeah. We're definitely in a down period. Yes. Um, but I can't help it. Like, I, 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 these things, like, got into my system pretty early. And I do have, like, I, I want him to do well. And um, I'm curious about this. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, part of it is, like, if you watch a Joss Whedon thing, you're going to get a Joss Whedon thing. Yeah. But, I mean, and, again, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, you're not going to go for him for history. Yeah. You know? And yet here we are with a Victorian show. I mean, a Victorian superhero show. Yeah. Louise is like, I just looked up the list of actors, and as a Brit, I'm interested. That's sure. very fair. That's a really strong cast. Like, I'm I'm not disagreeing with the premise. I'm not disagreeing with the casting. I am just disagreeing with how much Joss Whedon we are about to get. Like I, it kind of the arch quality. To yeah, everything yeah, in yeah, yeah. That that sort of thing. And I'm speaking as someone who discovered Buffy after it went off the air because mm-hmm. of age things. Um, <laughs> sure. I'm I'm a child. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> we get it. I wasn't going to – I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it, Dan. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it – like – and as I got older, especially, I was like, well, yeah, but we can do better at this point. Like, I would love to see more newcomers or kind of more sure. dear projects or even – I mean, kind of Jordan Peele counts in this respect, I guess, a little bit. I mean, and – and, like, and there are projects like that. Like yeah. they're also got to be on Who Fears Death um, I on know. HBO. I, I don't I know. know her name, but it's a it's a new kind of sci fi author. Uh, Nettie Okorafor. Oh, perfect. 
Um, we got Jane Goldman, who's a exactly, I mean, not, exactly. not, not a newcomer, but I think it's fine if they ha- – and they also have J.J. Abrams doing Demi Mond, which apparently right. isn't going anywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I'm okay with a mix. Yeah, I'm okay with a mix. I just, like <sighs> – this is a lot of Joss Whedon. And I would like, like, <laughs> Joss Whedon 2.0 at this okay. point. Perhaps get him a co-showrunner or something. Yeah. Somebody to rein him in a little. Okay. Well, I'm curious to see what happens. But as we don't know anything yet, except for the cast, which is 12 strong and full of British people with witty descriptions. Yes. Um, any other thoughts before we bring in uh, our own Josh Hill? No. Uh, hi, Jen. I'm sorry, you're li- I sorry, I'm sorry you came late. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to leave this here for mm-hmm. Josh Hill. We'll have a brief commercial break and we'll be right back <laughs> bye everyone and we're back uh i'm here with fan-sided uh, uh editorial ubermensch josh hill That's right josh how you doing i'm doing good although this is the first time we've spoken since we went at it about once upon a time in hollywood we That's true. We didn't really that speak. was monday we uh slack. we did we haven't we sit next to each other so we kind of across from each other but <laughs> it's a million miles away <laughs> the office we did we had around to once a time in hollywood um which I did not super duper enjoy. Um, you have any thoughts about that really quickly before we get into a song I'm then Josh? For the I day? don't. We'll save that for another time. But if you want to read our ramblings, go to uh, fansetter.com. We had a whole roundtable about Quentin Tarantino's latest film, mm-hmm. the ninth movie by Quentin Tarantino. I never got that. Like the eighth, the ninth movie. You just—it's all in the marketing. I know. I know. It's branding. Who keeps count? It's stupid. He does. Apparently, <laughs> Apparently. Miramax Very does. Closely. Um. Anyway, we're here to talk about. Uh, a Clash of Kings as mm-hmm. part of our ongoing series, A Song of Dan and Josh, the show where myself and Josh Hill, who's never read the books, I have read the books, go through each and every chapter of George R. R. Martin's as get unfinished magnum opus, breaking them down, seeing what makes them tick. And today we read Aria 5. We did. Which is another entry in her ongoing journey. Um, she's left King's Landing. She's mm-hmm. on her way to Winterfell, but that's gone super duper south. She is trying to make her way with Gendry, Hot Pie, Lamy, and Weasel. Yes. Um, Lamy and Weasel didn't really feature too uh, big in the show. No. Lamy was there. Weasel was not. Okay. Lamy dies. That's, um, remember the scene where Arya and the Hound are in the bar and the Hound's eating some chicken and uh, I do. Arya yes, 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 like yes, stabs a guy in the throat mm-hmm. with needle. That's revenge for Lamy's death. Oh. And he dies here too, in in much the same way. Yes. So yeah, he's in there. Weasel is like this kind of feral child who was clearly scarred by war and just like kind of <laughs> hanging out of them just out of instinct. She they they, they cut her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as you do, apparently. Yeah, not terribly important. But anyway, um, this is another in kind of Arya's road trip thing. She has a lot of road trips uh, in this yeah. series until she settles out in Bravos. Um. I think it starts up pretty strongly. So they're kind of wandering, her and Gendry and Hot Pie and Lamy and Weasel. Um, and the land is just scorched. If it could burn, the Lannisters had burned it. If it could die, they'd killed it. And we top it off. We start off with like some really just images of more of just this war-torn country. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we're going from the city, King's Landing, where it, it, it's, it's more or less, they're more or less safe behind the walls. And things are, you can tell things are happening. Like, the you know, the peasants are revolting yeah. and Joffrey's going out to... In his tank to fight them like an idiot. But, like, Sansa's more or less safe yeah. to, like, the thick of it, mm-hmm. where she's just wandering through the scorched countryside. Sir Amy Lord had given no more thought to burying his own dead than to those he had murdered, and the corpses of four Lannister men-at-arms were heaped near Yorin. She goes back and finds uh, Yorin. They go back into the town to find their old compatriots who died in the last battle. 
Anything stand out for you this chapter, Josh? Um, well, Arya being figured out by Gendry, who figured oh, out that she's yeah, that's a, pretty good. That she's a girl, and then she cops her identity to him. So that was that was a little fun. And also, because I'm thinking, I, it's hard to disassociate the book and the show. Yeah. Even though we definitely, as everybody knows, don't have George R. R. Martin's up to date version of how things ended. Sure. With the show. Um, so it was just kind of cool to connect those two things where it's like they eventually have their little hookup moment and then Gendry proposes and who gets shut down rather rather significantly. But to kind of go back to this, even oh, though sure, that so didn't happen in the books, to go back to this moment and kind of be like, this is the beginning of a weird budding romance where I mean, it, Gendry it, figures her out and she like immediately cops to who she is, even though it has nothing to do with it in the mind of George R. R. Martin at the time. It's hard to, to separate those two, knowing where those two characters eventually go in one of the two mediums that you're following the story. I mean, like, there's there's definitely some sparks, even oh, on the yeah. page, between Gendry and Arya. Like, you know, he's laughing as she, like, yeah. tries to push him around. Um, <laughs> uh, I also like that she briefly considers killing him. Um, <laughs> it's Arya. What do you expect? Of like, course. Uh, when he figures it out, like, oh, God, should I just kill him so he can't tell anybody? <laughs> Uh, she could draw a needle and kill him where he stood or else trust him. That's that's her, her, that's her option. She wasn't certain she'd be able to kill him even if she tried. He, he had his own sword and he was a lot stronger. That And that all that was left was the truth. So, it's mm-hmm. like she admitted herself to him just because she couldn't kill him, <laughs> which is, you're right, it's a really Arya thing to do. It is. But it's like in a... It's as, it's as rom-com as an Arya storyline can get, which is, oh, he knows my name. I have to, you know, knife him in the throat now because yeah. he knows me. But but she does come clean. You're right. She does. And uh, thus begins a, a ship to sail around the world or something. <laughs> like a lot of folk are way into them. Um, and, you know, it, actually, it, it, it's much the same on the show. Like he finds out. Yeah. But you see, he knew that he was, he knew that she was a girl. He didn't know that she was high born. Mm-mm. So, after that, that's when he gets nervous. Mm-hmm. He starts calling her my lady and thinking like, I shouldn't have said all that. I shouldn't have said all that about Cox. Sorry, that, mm-hmm. was, that was inappropriate. And she's like, stop calling me my lady. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it, 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 there's some tension. It's but. like a weird inverted rom-com thing where it's like, he's all nervous around her once he finds out who she <laughs> is. And she's like, oh, don't, don't treat me right. I don't want to be treated right. I'm... Yeah. I'm just another soldier. I also like you like this bit where Martin like uh, Gendry all, always looked pained w- when he tried to think, like <laughs> yes. it hurt him something fierce. That happens a couple of times. That was a that was an odd flex by by George R. R. Martin. It's just like all right, and apparently he's not a thinker. Apparently not. And there that is one way I read that, and I'm like trying to think of people in my life that I've known where I can apply that to. Where it's like, hmm. okay, that makes sense. They, they're literally look like they're in pain right now because they're trying to put together some kind of coherent thought but but it's not all uh low style rom-com stylings um so part of the the thing that they're talking about here gendry and Arya, is gendry suggests look we should leave the others Mm -hmm. hot pie lami weasel they're all useless like lami is this other kid he's like in a stretcher because he got his leg wounded i think at Mm -hmm. the battle Weasel's a failed child. And Hot Pie, you know, his heart's in the right place, but he can't really fight. He can't it's really scout. Pie. Yeah. And so, and they, and at the start of this chapter, they recount how they were traveling with some other people. They were traveling with like a scout, like a, like a woodsman mm-hmm. and someone else, but they abandoned them. 
And Arya's like, I mean, of course they did. <laughs> like, it's much easier for them to get around without <laughs> dragging us around. And this guy's in a stretcher. And what can we do? We don't know anything. And Gendry just suggests, like, look, we should ditch these people. Yeah. They're, they're not helping. You can do stuff. You're the only... And that's what comes out, like, you're the only useful one, even though you're a girl. She's like, what? Blah, blah, blah. Which she is. Like, at the beginning, she's like... She climbs a tree and scouts out the rest of the thing. She can sneak into the town later. Mm-hmm. She, she is good at this. She is. And also... I do like that the way it was kind of brought up because mm-hmm. Ari is one of the smartest characters. She is always one step ahead of everybody, it seems. Mm-hmm. And this is, I love the instances where characters get caught and they don't, they're not all of a sudden not four or five steps ahead where it's like, I think I'm so much right. smarter than everybody else. And then somebody immediately calls them and is like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, you're not. It's just a weird, yeah, humbling nice. thing, even though it's something that's, I wouldn't say insignificant, but not like a huge plot thing. It's like he finds out that she's her. But just the fact that she kind of got a one-up on her when she's always the one that's like, it's this pride about her. And he's just like, yeah, you're a girl. It pains him to think. Yeah. And even he figured it out. That's true. (laughs) Um, My question to you, though, is what should they have done? So, should they have left and struck it on their own? Because, you know, again, this is war-torn country. Yeah. Danger everywhere. They have a better chance of living if they leave on their own. Lamy keeps saying we have to yield over and over and over. That's his like refrain mm-hmm. here. He wants to give themselves up to go to the soldiers and say, we yield this. Let us go. We're, we're, we're not trying to fight anybody. We yield. Gendry's like, no, says knights and lordlings. They take each other captive and pay ransoms, but they don't care if the likes of you yield or not. And of course, at the end of the chapter, when it's a kind of a horrible moment, when Lamy, when they find Lamy and hot pie, mm-hmm. Lamy tries to yield and says, we yield, we're fine. Um, because they're on a stretcher, he's like, you'll have to carry me. So, just like, we'll have to carry you, really, and just kills him. He's like, that's what you think. <laughs> I think the last like, line is the soldier going like, carry him, he says, chuckling. <laughs> chuckling as he just Yeah, chuckling, that's said, the last I word. I, mean, I remember. Um, it reminded me, the whole decision reminded me of the classic 1999 sci-fi film, Galaxy Quest. In which what was your, where you were going with that? Um, never give up, never surrender. So uh, that you never give up, never surrender. Don't ever yield. As we found, that's obviously not the route to go here. No, especially in it, it highlights that these characters, again, as smart as Arya is, and as smart as everybody thinks that they are, rarely is the right decision ever made. Like we go back to the first book, we we're talking about Ned and how Ned is making the right decisions. Every single one's textbook. It's, right. This is what you should do if you're the hero, if you're the oh. good guy in the story, do this. And he gets his head chopped off for it. And that kind of continues into this book now too, where Arya and Gendry and all these other characters that we've got inside their heads of think that they're doing the right thing. And it's just this internal struggle of something as simple as yielding, which seems innocent enough, ends with what happened to Lamy. Yeah. And running doesn't seem like it's very a good idea either. Well, I was going to ask, so do you think they should have abandoned them? Do you think Arya and should have it on their own? I think that's... they should have. I don't think that they're capable of doing that. Gendry they... seemed ready to do it. Arya was the one who was pushing back. And that's the thing, because Arya is much more hard than Gendry is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she wouldn't leave says a lot. Sure. And because at her core, she's a good character. Like she get one point can think, Oh no, he figured out who I am. I gotta kill him. But at the same time, that's she not doesn't. really who. She, yeah, and that's not really who she is. To the point where she's not going to abandon these people because she's just because it benefits her to go on the lamb with with Gendry. Right. She's not going to leave anybody behind. Which yeah. is she is ride or die. 
she is ride or die, which is also what Tim Allen did in Galaxy Quest. Never give up, never surrender. It's been a while since I've seen that. That's a good one, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember. People don't like it. I thought I was going to say The Matrix. Wasn't that 99? It was. Okay. Whatever. Um, another good moment is when, so Gendry is captured. They're all mm-hmm. captured at the end. Gendry's captured. And again, Arya doesn't abandon him. She goes and tries to save him. She takes Hot Pie. Yep. And of course, Hot Pie gets freaked out. Like, I think, like a crow brushes against him. And he just, this, this is like one of those funny moments, like in the midst of all this horror. Like, there's actually a really horrible description of, um, they're crawling under these naked people mm-hmm. who are hung up on a gibbet, which is a gallows, I learned vocabulary. Um, they did not look like naked people. They hardly look like people at all. The crows had eaten their eyes and sometimes their faces. Of the six in the long row, nothing remained but a single leg, still tangled in its chains, swaying with each breeze. So they're crawling under that to mm-hmm. like go free Gendry, and a crow lands near Hot Pie, and he just he just shoots up and just yells, "Yield!" <laughs> I've never related with a book character more than I did in that moment where I was like, "That's me! Really? <laughs> I'm yielding immediately." As the crow brushes past, can me. you like see the visual? Like it's it's not just he yields up; he yields up like. And it's like into <laughs> the underside of a naked, brutal body, like going, are you? <laughs> and that, that didn't make it into the show, obviously, but it's, it, it's this weird mix of like, this is horrific. They're crawling under dead bodies to like save their friend who was going to be killed. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny too. It is funny. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's funny moments in that too. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's, there's instances in which something grotesque can be funny. Yeah. Probably because it is so grotesque that you're looking mm-hmm. for that payoff. You're looking for that relief to be like, oh, okay. And that's what that was. Because if it's difference. just that, it's like this really... Because the mood was set. Like the scene was there. Like yeah. it's... We understand that this is this terrible thing. And it's the unexpected break in unexpected humor that makes it even better. Like it's not in, it's not that funny of a concept unless you have it play out that way. Then you're sure. like, oh, because most of it's relief. You're like, oh, okay, a quick break from this terrible bodies hanging in chains and crawling under them to save Gendry. You know, what I would say is that unlike Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> the humor here just came from the reality of the absurdity of the situation. That's true. Where it's just that weird. Um, whereas Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was just contrived nonsense. <laughs> um, I didn't really like it. Um, anyway, the last thing I want to touch on, I, I, I liked this one bit where they're walking along the riverbank and Arya sees some uh, some swans mm-hmm. just like hanging out. No one had told them that war had come and they cared nothing for burning towns and butchered men. She stared at them with yearning. Part of her wanted to be a swan. The other part wanted to eat one, which is another kind of funny bit. Yep. But again, I really like that. Like the really kind of beautiful lyrical thing where I want to be a swan because they don't know what war is. Also, I'm hungry as hell. It probably I'd tastes like to, good. I'd like to eat that bird. <laughs> Does it taste like chicken? I don't know. We're not going to find out. Had so. I haven't. No, I'm having it for dinner tonight, though. So I'll let you. I'll let you guys know next week what swan tastes like. All right. Yeah. I think we can uh, probably tune in next week to see how Josh Hill enjoyed swan fried and swan. <laughs> yeah. What's our next chapter? Uh, Tyrion chapter. I do like the Tyrion chapters. Yeah. There's a lot of them in this one. He's kind of, yeah, if like Ned Stark was the main dude for the first one, Tyrion is point man for I like it. Kings. Do we have any questions or comments about any of this? We don't, but Julie says hi. Oh. So hi, Julie. I will see Bye, you next Julie. week. Bye, Julie. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. Next week for more Song of Ben and Josh, more Song of Fire, Game of Thrones, Fantasy, Sci-Fi, Genre, News. Thanks for watching, everybody. Adios. Adios.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.